It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by Ecospace.com. Now, here's your hosts, Adam and Jason. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Adams, and today I'm with Chris Prefontaine from Newport, Rhode Island. It's a pleasure to have you, Chris. Just as a little bit of background, he got started in real estate back in 1991. Guys, his very first deal was very creative because he was able to purchase a parcel of land and then subdivide it, put on a duplex. So he's always been thinking outside the box. These days, 100% of the deals he does is all buying it on terms and selling it on terms. There will be a couple things that we want to share with you today. One is a completely free webinar. It's an hour of just pure content that you'll be able to learn from him. I'll give you that website at the end. And then I want to also direct you to his podcast. He's got a great podcast. Already got between 50 and 60 episodes out. Uh, Actually, by the time this airs, he'll probably have more like 80 out. And then there's an event coming up on September 22nd and 23rd. So if you guys like what you hear today, you're probably going to want to hurry and book your calendar for September 22nd and 23rd, which will be in Rhode Island. Is that right? That event is in Newport? Yep, indeed. Newport, Rhode Island. Perfect. Chris, tell us a little bit more about your background. What did I miss? Well, uh, just a 10,000 foot view from the first deal in 91, we went off and did other building, other land flips, but the, the lovely 2008 debacle where things changed for a lot of people, as you know, uh, it made us re-engineer totally what we do, and that specifically is no signing on bank loans, no using your own cash, and not pledging any credit or any other assets. So buying everything on terms, and that's what we've been doing since 2013. And then uh, we do that with a family company here, son, son-in-law, uh, my wife, and uh, my daughter, Kayla. And um, we uh, sell all those properties on rent-to-own. Wow. Okay. So this is a family company. I like, I like that. I'm just getting some notes on that. And then you said something like you were doing land flips until 2008, but I may have missed something because then you said that you've been buying on terms, not using any banks since 2013, I thought you said? Yeah, there's a gap there for a reason. Good, good observation. Here's the gap. The gap was it literally took from the debacle of 08, February of 08. I remember it like it was yesterday till into the end of 2012 to literally work out of those properties, short sales, foreclosures, resales, just to get that portfolio, that mess down to manageable amount and then relaunch a brand new biz. Okay. What is a short sale for the audience that doesn't know? Yeah. So when the market dropped in 08, I'll just take one extreme example. We had a condominium conversion building going on with six units. We sold three at 172,000. When the market dropped by two thirds, we couldn't get 50,000 each for the last three units. Mm-hmm. And so what we owed was more than the market was gonna bring on the construction financing. And a short sale is the bank's taking less than is owed in either coming after you for the difference or forgiving it. And in our case, with all the banks doing what they did back then, most of those got forgiven. But it's a lot of work. As you've, if you've gone through any short sales, it's a lot of work. What happens if a bank forgives your debt? Well, that, so that shortfall, let's say you owe the bank 100 and they only can get 50 and they okay that mm-hmm. and, they, and they don't come back at you for recourse, meaning they're not going to come collect the 50. It's gone. You do yep. have to claim that on your taxes. You will get a 1099 for it. And, and you know, hopefully people won't be there again, but no way that was kind of what was happening. Okay, great. And so there was a, so what is your experience with foreclosure? You brought that up. 
Well, same thing during that time period. We had so many, Adam, that, that we just, some of them went to the banks and banks foreclosed, took their property back and auctioned it off or sold it outright. Probably three or four of those out of 23 went to foreclosure. Okay, great. Thank you for sharing that. So you mentioned something called a condo conversion. When you were talking about the condo conversion, what exactly happens there? You take an apartment building and then, and then turn it into uh, subdividing or, or what? Yeah, that's what we did a lot of then. The market was, was good for that then. So we would buy the six unit in this case or three unit. Um, you have to uh, hire an engineer and uh, get what they call master condominium documents and floor plans drawn up. And then once you do that, you can sell off each unit after rehab, of course. And so you buy the building, you pay for engineering, pay for rehab, and sell them all off as individual units. I still love the strategy. I live in a resort community, so the, the, the multis are very, very high right now. It would not be mm. conducive, but it's good in any market at the right time. Well, what do you have to do for rehab? Are you like putting firewalls or, or what's all involved in that? Uh, sometimes, but most of ours, believe it or not, now this would have been like 03, 02 to 06 and the market was real, real hot. So we'd literally get the master docks done, get some painting done, some real basics. I mean, paint and floor and they'd be sold before we even finished. The market was screaming hot. Okay. Good deal. Well, let's, let's get into your buying and selling on terms real fast so I can a little bit understand how are you purchasing these on terms and how are you finding the deals? Sure. So we buy in, in order of how many deals we do. So we do uh, say 40 or 50 a year. We'll do a, maybe, I don't know what the percentage is. Let's say 60% or 70% on lease purchase. Uh, another, oh, I don't know, 25 or so percent on owner financing and then the balance subject to. So the lease purchase is like this. If you're my seller, mm -hmm. I'm going to uh, lease, agree to lease purchase your home on or before a certain date. That means you have to be cashed out. I'm promising to cash that out. Um, I'm going to more than more times than not make mortgage payments directly to your bank instead of you because underlying debt is usually the case on these properties. Okay. Then I'm going to handle all maintenance, all repairs, so they have no headaches. And on or before that date I agreed on, typically 36 months, I'm going to make sure that my tenant buyer gets cashed out so I can cash the seller out. In the meantime, we create three distinct paydays. This is pretty cool. Payday one is a deposit from our buyer, non-refundable. Payday two is the difference between what I collect from my buyer and what I'm paying out for mortgage. So three, $400, whatever it might be. And then payday three is when we sell it on the back end because A, we marked it up and B, we get a principal reduction on that loan, that underlying loan that accrues to us. So Let's, that's kind of a lease purchase. I really appreciate you going through that. I will have a couple of follow-up questions, but before sure. I do that, when I was taking notes on the number one being, that's when you first get paid your three paydays. Okay. Number one, you said you get a non-refundable deposit from your buyer. And what was number two? Number two is that spread, the differential between I'm collecting, let's just use a number, I'm collecting $1,500, let us say, from my buyer, monthly lease payment, and then I'm paying out a mortgage of, say, $1,200, okay. that spread. Okay. And, and then the last one was at, on the back end, you sell it for a spread as well? We sell for a, a mocked up spread, but we also have all the principal pay down that happened over the course of two or three years on that underlying loan. That accrues to us, not the seller. Okay. Perfect principal pay down. Now, my questions that I have is, number one, um, you used language when you were saying it to me that I wonder if you're using when you're talking to your sellers, and that was that you're promising to cash out in usually 36 months. 
um, what would happen if the value of the property, because you're supposed to be able to be protected when you're on a lease with purchase option, um, you're supposed to be able to be protected and you can, you have, you should have the option to walk away. Is, is that the case in what you're doing? Great question. Have? So yeah, we tell them that on or before that date is our option to purchase in our standard lease purchase agreement, which is quite customized now after all these years of doing them, we have the option to just assign it back to them uh, if we want with no consent. Okay, great. Thank you. Now my question, another uh, question that I had is like, you're buying on these terms, you're having your end buyer, because this is basically a sandwich lease option, you're staying in the middle. Are you putting anything down for your seller? Typically not. Uh, there might be, I mean, literally out of 160 or 70 deals, there might be three that I can think of where there was no money for the seller and they had a move or something crazy like that. Where we might've said, here's $1,800 or $1,000 moving money. But that's happened literally, again, a handful of times, but usually none. The agreements calls for $10. If I'm doing it in my IRA or my LLC owned by my IRA, I like to use a deposit. But other than that, I, we just did the $10. How much are you asking for a deposit when you're doing the sell side? Yeah, good question. So the buyers are educated on our site to know that they're gonna to have to come up with between three and 10%. And three is not gonna, it's gonna get them in the door, but it's not gonna be the, the end all because then if they only have three, we're gonna schedule payments throughout the term of their lease. And that could be from tax refunds. Uh, we had a state trooper that had retroactive sergeant pay. Anything they have coming up where we can brainstorm with them how to get them to the finish line a lot stronger for their loan. Great, all right, and then for the cash flow, uh, what is your usual purchase? Is it the exact amount of their mortgage? Is it some other amount? Okay, so there's two sections on our agreement. Adam, one says the purchase price is the balance of the, the remaining loan at the time we finance it. Or if there's equity there, and a lot of them do have equity, we calculate going into the deal at the very beginning. If you owed 100000 and we agreed on one hundred and fifty, we lock in that fifty grand equity. So now the piece of the agreement says, payoff of loan at time of financing plus 50 grand cash. And that just depends if they have that equity in there or not. I, I'd say about half our deals have equity somewhere between 10 and 100 and they're getting that at the back end. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I'm still on number two where you're getting the spread on the cash flow. So my question is what amount are you paying per month to the seller? Gotcha. On the monthly flow, if there's a if there's a mortgage underlying mortgage, it's typically just a mortgage payment. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And then and then let's go back to number three because I thought you were answering two when you said it. So I was uh, I may have missed something, and I would like to cover it. Sure. So you're selling on the back end. I remember you saying that you usually have a little bit of equity. So oftentimes, if they have a uh, hundred thousand left and then there's some equity left, you'll go ahead and pay uh, some of that equity, but hopefully you're keeping some for yourself as well. Um, and then at the time that they close, you're selling it at market value or are you selling it at some other price? A little above, a little below? Okay, so at the very beginning, at the, okay. at the, at the front end of that term, if, if that same $150,000 house, I was buying it for that, I may mock it up to 169.9 or 174.9, somewhere around there, depending on what the comps are looking like and how much that market is expected to grow or not in the next few years. So I, I am putting a premium on up front so that buyer locks that price in. It's one of their advantages, frankly, that they know that they, if they go off and rent, the market can go right past them. But with the rent-to-own program, they are locking in that, 
property price and potentially some equity as a homeowner would. Excellent. Excellent. So you talked about your website being able to educate your buyers and that they will have to put down somewhere between three and 10%. Can we learn a little bit more about your website uh, and how you market it, uh, what the website's purpose is and where other people can go and find this? Yeah. So that website is our, so you asked earlier about our coaching business, the smart real estate coach. The other website we're talking about is our buying and selling entity that the kids run now hundred percent. We've got them in the, the, each of their roles and that is pre PRE property solutions. And what it does is if you're a buyer and you're inquiring, as you may know, 80% of the calls are renters, regardless of what we put in the ad and we don't want renters. So there's a series of videos set up to educate them so that my son, who's our buyer specialist, is not getting bombarded with these same questions, same calls from unqualified, really just renters, not looking for a rent-to-own program, not looking to put up any money. So that walks them through kind of an automation, if you will, weeds out a lot of the 80%, not all of them. So he's talking to the better buyers, you know, the kind of the cream of the crop in the rent-to-own world. Great. How, again, are you finding the deals in the first place? Okay, so we find a lot of our deals from for sale by owners in expired listings that don't sell with realtors, depending on what pockets the market's in. So for example, we're in a pretty hot market here. We would rely more on expireds versus for sale by owners that are selling pretty readily. One of our students in Pennsylvania, not really a hot market still where he is. And so he, could, he can handpick still a bunch of for sale by owners. So it's the for sale by owners and the expires, different mixes, different percentages, depending on the market we're in. Great. And how are you reaching out to them? We have virtual assistants that uh, in one case has been trained for, gosh, five and a half years now, whatever it is with us. So he'll call all the for sale by owners and provide us the, the what we call the property sheets for just the ones that want to talk to us. So we're talking to qualified people. And then for the expired, uh, my son-in-law, Zach, has designed a system we call the expired dialing process that allows us to hit hundreds at a time with a voice message and only get the ones back that are, again, are interested in chatting with us. So we do those in-house. Okay, wonderful. Let's go into this just a little bit. First off, will you define what a virtual assistant is? Yeah, sorry. So we have people that we've never met physically that, that get on the phone and they, we do for other tasks too, but they get on the phone and they dial for us. Uh, they're well-trained after going through our, our basic training that like students would. And uh, they literally just get on the phone and call. That's their function. We have one virtual assistant that has called tens of thousands of homes for us. I forget the exact number, but it's, a, it's, t it's in the tens of thousands. And so he gets real good at making those phone calls. And, and he's our front person that does all the front end calling. Okay. And so where are your virtual assistants? How many do you have? And how did you find them? Okay. We have um, in my, on my resource section of our site, there's three different companies. Uh, the first one's not really a company, it's an individual, it's the one we use. So we let our uh, clients, we call our associates around the country that we do deals with, we let them use him when he's available. He works around 60 hours a week for us and our associates around the country. We have another one on there that has been trained by us still for about four years now. Uh, we found them, man, it was a referral from a past mentor actually, way back then, 2013 maybe. And uh, they are available again through our website, they, they can contact these people and just say, look, I heard about you through Smart Coach. So then you, they are ensured that they're not going to get a newbie and nothing against the newbies, but you want someone that can actually, they've done this before. Um, and then I use a service, Adam, I don't know if you use them, uh, called Get Leverage. It's also on my site, but 
uh, they do pretty much everything else that is possibly out there um, for VA work. Uh, pretty impressive site and Great. system. And that's getleverage.com or? Yeah, yeah, I heard about it on a podcast, strange enough, and um, and then uh, I I love what they do. They they have about nine different tasks going for me right now. Perfect, I like that a lot. So for expired listings, you use uh, expired dialing process with your son running that. Is that right? Son, my son-in-law Zach runs that one. Your son-in-law yeah. Zach. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that dialing process. What is uh, what is this doing for him, and how does it work? Okay, so he uh, will get a report from uh, our lead service, also on our resource area, and they'll so they'll they'll take all the expires that are coming up for today, and the uh, the system that he that he has designed takes all those names and numbers and sends a voice broadcast that we've scripted to the same ones that just goes out instantly. Let's say five hundred. Then the ones that are interested in learning more about how we can buy their home, keeping in mind they're probably frustrated because they didn't sell their home with a realtor they're calling back and those that call back, we're getting on the phone with them the very next day and, and, and working through a deal with them potentially or going to see the property potentially. What happens if you reach out to them with this expired dialing process and Zach reaches out to them and they don't want to sell fast, they don't want to sell at a discount, they don't want to sell on terms, they still want to sell with a real estate agent, they just didn't like their last one. Do you have somebody on your team who's licensed? If not, who do you refer them to? Yeah, we don't have uh, anyone licensed right now uh, and don't intend to actually. I like to keep it separate for a lot of reasons. It's just cleaner. Um, so we do I have a nephew in Massachusetts and then we have a relative here in Rhode Island that we like sending deals to. Okay. Thank you for going over that. Are you ready for the final five? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Excellent. But right after these quick messages... I'm Rod Cleef, and I've asked Adam Adams to be an expert on a panel in Chicago. Now, if you're like me and you realize you learn so much better in full immersion at a live event with no distractions and you want to do your next apartment deal, you need to text multifamily to 41411 or go to multifamilybootcamp.com right now. And Adam and I look forward to seeing you in person in Chicago, August 24th through the 26th. All right, here we go. Question number one, what is the most creative deal you've done? You know, that if it's probably going to be every six months I could think of one, but the one that most recently I did, and it's pretty cool because it involves conventional stuff and it involves IRA. It was a, a small home um, just north of the city of Providence here and a uh, tiny little starter home, but beside it was an extra lot. Um, okay. the, the owner wanted to move on and so he structured with me for the whole parcel, so two parcels, uh, a lease purchase, about two and a half years ago. Getting up in age, uh, called me and asked me, are we getting closer to cash out? We have a four-year term. So the answer is no, not really. We got a year and a half left. He said, long story short, my wife's very ill. I want to do something with you. Do you have any ideas? I trust you. So I went back to him. And this just happened. And I said, look, here's what we'll do. My IRA will give you a little cash down. And my IRA will uh, take over the, the, the house. They'll, we'll buy it. There's no debt on this. The gentleman owns no, nothing on it. We structure a small down payment again because I'm going to pull it from my IRA against the, the conventional rules we do, but I don't mind doing it with these types of returns. We're going to make monthly principal payments to this gentleman now instead of a lease payment. And at the end of the term, principal only payments. So at the end of the 60 months is what I got out of the remake of this deal, 60 months in the house. 
Uh, we'll owe about 100 on the house, and the house today is worth about two and a quarter. The lot next door, we're going to list and sell immediately for 75000 and we essentially got that for free because it was already subdivided. It was next to this house. Um, so that's a you know, 100 plus profit for the IRA, 75 plus profit uh, for one of our LLCs, all from this little tiny deal that way back then we structured like a 170 purchase or something like that. Excellent. I, I like all those details. There's one thing that I just want to allow you to kind of define for the listeners. What is a principal only payment? How does that work? When we do owner financing deals, Adam, owner financing means a lot, as you know, but with us, it means the house is debt free. We're going to buy it. We're going to put nothing down. Usually we're going to pay the closing costs that the seller would normally pay because we're not giving them any money. And the monthly principal payments are zero interest payments going directly against the price. In this case, I think it was 802 or something I structured, call it 800. Well, 800 is coming right off principal every single month for 60 months in this case. So any owner financing deal that we do that's free and clear where we can structure principal only payments, no interest going to the owner, uh, it's a, it, they're usually six-figure deals. And we do several of those per year. Great. I like that a lot. Thank you for touching base and, and going over that. No problem. What, what's a book that you'd recommend to the listeners? You know, this also varies every few months, but the, the one I just finished is really cool for any entrepreneur in any business. It's called The Hard Things About the Hard Things. And I think his name is um, Ben Horowitz, but The Hard Things About the Hard Things. Really cool book. He just talks about all the struggles he went through building and selling big companies instead of giving you theory. I mean, he tells you what's going on and gives you a lesson behind it. Really cool. Awesome. You think back from now, where were you five years ago? And with the same question, if you can kind of see in the future, where will you be in five years from today? Okay, so five years would bring me to 13-ish. Well, we were just, we were launching um, right around now uh, with the new terms business that we had re-engineered and kind of got back on the saddle and said, we're going to do this and we're going to do it right and we're not going to risk anything. And I remember literally having my first 12 deals in the first, I think it was six months and thinking how cool it was to have those spreads coming in every month and how cool it was to have scheduled paydays in the future. Uh, and now, uh, if you fast forward, we carry 50 or 60 of those now at any one time. So it's worth several million. In five years, we are keeping, and as we grow now, we're keeping the buying and selling with the kids, that entity, the exact same. It, it's doing two to four deals a month. It's going to continue to do that. And so that will always pay well. And on the coaching side, we'll have 100 associates around the country. We now have around 32. We'll have 100 associates around the country doing a deal or two per month in the different states. And that's what our five-year mission is, coincidental to your question, for 2022. Perfect. Thank you for going through that. And how do you give back? Uh, we, we do two things. Um, and not many people ask me this, so I appreciate it. We do, uh, my son had a head injury in 2003. Head uh, injury? Left, yep, left him in a coma. Doctors told us he wouldn't walk, talk, or eat again. He's doing great. You never know. He's running the business with us. Uh, so we give back to Franciscan Children's Hospital with the buying and selling entity. Every deal, a piece goes to them. And with the coaching, with Smart Real Estate Coach, we give to Three Angels. It's a local foundation that uh, Lauren, who's in our support and does a great job here at the office, it's her family's foundation on island here around Newport for cancer. And so a piece of all the Smart Coach deals go to that. And so we give to those two. Perfect. I really appreciate you saying that. So th those both seem really interesting. You said the three angels is uh, local, local yeah. to you guys? Yeah. Okay, perfect. 
and it's all uh, to help with cancer. Do you know what they're able to do or what they're putting the money to? Or? No, I, I'd probably do it a disservice, but if they go to the number three, three angels on Google, they'll, they'll definitely see it. But I know it's local cancer for sure. Awesome. And you've given a lot of value to the listeners today. I, I wanted to just uh, say thank you for doing that, for going well, through I appreciate all being of on. the details. Uh, we definitely want to go over smartrealestatecoach.com, smartrealestatepodcast.com. Those will both be in the show notes. Uh, but how do the listeners get a hold of you? If they go to smartrealestatecoach.com, there's a uh, contact button there. and I'll give you my, my email. It's chris, C-H-R-I-S, at smartrealestatecoach.com. Excellent. Thank you again for your time. And until next time, Chris, think outside the box. Thank you so much for listening to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. And if you got value from this episode of the podcast, please take the time to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Give us a written rating and a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, think outside the box. <laughs>